BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. Today, we are talking about a subject that I am so fascinated about and have been for a really long time. Today, we're talking human design. So I decided to bring on the expert, Erin Claire Jones, who is a specialist in the human design space. For those of you who don't know human design, it's a system that gives people an energetic blueprint to how we're all uniquely designed to thrive based off of our exact time, date, and place of birth. Specifically, it looks at how people are designed to cultivate relationships, parents, make decisions, build businesses, market, communicate, and work within teams, and so much more. But more than anything, what I really learned from today's episode is that it gives people permission and tools to just be ourselves as individuals, within families, in businesses, and in relationships. So in today's episode, Erin shows us how to read our human design chart and understand the tenets that make us uniquely us. We also go through each type, how we show up in professional settings, and how to better serve ourselves in the workplace to create our dream jobs. If you want to know what your human design is, I obviously talk about it later in this episode, how you can go on her website and figure it all out. But she's also giving you guys a discount on getting an official blueprint. So visit humandesignblueprint.com backslash friend, and she's giving you guys a discount on the official booklet. I hope you guys love today's episode and learn a lot. If you haven't followed the show yet, find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure you follow us, rate, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in and have an amazing week ahead, everybody. Here's my conversation with my friend, Aaron Claire Jones. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on. I'm so grateful that you reached out to me. I love that. I'm just so grateful that you found me and that we we're able to have you here today. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for saying yes and having me. Of course. I just mentioned this to you, but I am a complete newbie novice to human design. It's something that I feel like I've seen a lot in like the ether of consciousness. Yes. I feel like I see it more and more on Twitter, more and more on Instagram, especially from the wellness people that I follow. I've always been really curious about it. Have never dove in. So fun. I've also felt that for me, and I've mentioned this, I think a few times on the show, astrology feels a little disconnected for me. Yeah. I'm an Aquarius. So people are either like, oh, you're an Aquarius. Or I always often like get judged by my sign or, you know, I have a friend who's a Scorpio. And every time she's like, I'm a Scorpio, people are like, ooh. Meanwhile, she's like the nicest person ever. So I have always felt a little bit disconnected to that. It feels a little too emotional and like kind of an out there concept to me. I'm very literal. I'm such a pragmatic, like need to see it, 
need to understand it and feel it person. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel like if I don't align with my astrology, I get a little frustrated. I'm like, what's wrong with me? Did my mom give me the wrong birth time? Like, Yeah. Yeah. I get a little confused. So human design has always been so fascinating to me just because it feels more literal. It feels more practical. It feels more, okay, this is actually how I'm made up. Yeah. How can I implement that and actually use it in my life to be better in my relationships, to be better in the workplace, to be a better person. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for today because I have a lot of people who listen to the show who are entrepreneurs, who want to be entrepreneurs, who are in college, who are fresh out of college. And I feel like we can really tackle this subject head on with how to essentially create your dream career and really be doing the job that fulfills you most based on your human design. So excited to get into that today. Excited to have you. I can't oh, wait. Yeah. I have no idea what I'm talking about looking at this chart. So I'm excited for you to unpack it. I'm, I'm so <laughs> glad. And I also love that intro so much because I think that, you know, these are all cool systems, but they're also meant to empower us. And so if there's a system where it's like, oh, that doesn't feel good or it means I can't do this, like that's not really the point. Right. You know, and so I think I always remind people with human design, like this is a tool. Take it if it feels supportive. Take it if it feels good, which happens most of the time. Or like if it doesn't let it go. Like, I think that like always trusting ourselves because like I so hear you where it's like, oh, I don't identify with that. Like, am I living life wrong? You know, right. so I think why I love so human design so much is that often I don't tell people anything new. I just give them a language and a framework to be like, oh, that's always how I've operated. Like now I feel full permission to step into it. You know, so people often just feel really relieved. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's really feeling seen and feeling validated by what you already feel in your life, but might not be able to vocalize is truly one of the most powerful things. And just one of those like aha moments in your life. Totally. Where you're like, oh, I get to be me. How wonderful. Yeah, totally. Totally. You're not like, oh, wow. I thought that thing about me was weird or made me feel bad. It's a moment where I think you can really take something about yourself that you might not like and give it a little bit more context color so that you understand it. Totally. Love that. So for people who have never heard of human design or just tuning into this convo, tell us what it is. Yes. So it is a system based on your time, date, and place of birth that reveals your energetic blueprint and how you're uniquely wired to thrive in business and love and in life. It's very practical. It really helps you know, like, how do you best make decisions? How do you best collaborate? How do you best communicate? How do you best create opportunities? So it really, it's not predictive in any way. It just gives us a roadmap to how we are each uniquely wired to operate at our best. I noticed that you said that it is defined by birthplace, birth time, which is really similar to astrology. Yes. So how does this methodology and thought process differ from an astrology or maybe a manifestation practice? Yeah. So, you know, honestly, the simplest piece is that it's a different system than astrology. Like the chart that it outputs is entirely different. I can't look at a natal chart and have any idea what it's talking about. (laughs) Me too. Don't worry. (laughs) I know. I was like, what? Same with astrologists. I, I read for so many astrologists. So the idea with human design is that it pulls from a lot of different systems. So astrology being one of them, the Kabbalah, the I Ching, the chakra system, quantum physics, genetics, biochemistry, all that kind of give us this blueprint to how we operate at our best. But I think that like, it's honestly totally wild that we could know this much information about ourselves based on our time, date and place of birth. So I think I always just remind people that like, I wouldn't spend all the time being like, is it true? How do I figure it out? But like, is it useful? That's really all that matters, you know, but it, it pulls from a lot of different systems. I've always been really fascinated what you just said, kind of this unique impression on the world. Like the fact that the time that you were born based on kind of where the planet was in alignment, like you are actually a unique expression of that. That to me is really wild. And I don't think obviously people who are tuned to astrology, I think really take that into consideration. But I think people who are skeptics or maybe don't do as much kind of human investigation into themselves. It truly is a wild thing when you think about it. It's totally wild, you know, and I think that's why I fell in love with human design is that like we're all so different. 
And I think we often get tripped up when we want partners to be similar to us or employees to be similar to us, or we're trying to like emulate someone else's path that doesn't work for us. Right. And I think human design just lays out so specifically like what the roadmap is for each of us and also what our own operating system is. What are the origins of human design? Totally mystical. Wow. Um, so I think that these are, this is my favorite story to share with like the teams that I work with. But it, the founder's name was Ra Uhuru, who he's no longer alive. And he basically had a really mystical experience where he was living in Ibiza and he walked home one night and he heard a voice and the voice was basically like, it's time to work. And so for, it's just a crazy story, just acknowledging. So basically for eight days and eight nights, he just honestly received all this information and then spent the next 20 years building it out. And so that's why I think I always have to remind people that like what matters is less of whether it's true and more is it useful, you know, because right. the origins are so mystical. But honestly, like there is no way we could know this much about ourselves because the magic of human design is that it reveals all the things we're conscious of, but all the things that are kind of unconscious and underneath the surface. Right. And I will say that human design, like you've seen it more coming out more and more. I think that there are a lot of new people. I'm one of them, but there are many kind of communicating about human design in more empowering, practical ways that I think are more accessible to the mainstream. Whereas I think like the initial, you know, people who were really into human design were amazing, but also spoke to a very specific audience, a more esoteric, mystical audience. So I think that like the audience has really broadened in a really beautiful way. Well, I think the more people even pay attention to astrology, the more that we open up the door to even have the conversation 100%. about understanding who we really are besides just saying, oh, like, you know, this is my personality type or this is my type and a partner. The deeper, the more, you know, totally. literally, the more, you know, that's crazy. Yeah, but it is if, totally crazy. Yeah, it's definitely a crazy story. But if I, you know, practice religion and sit down for Hanukkah, I can believe in the eight nights right. of this mystical man. And what's so funny to me is that I think that like, you know, Ra, the founder, like I expected this like really mystical teacher when I started listening to his recordings. And he's like, really not that. He was like an advertising executive, like in Montreal. Like, wow. I think that like he was really not prepared for this experience. It was just like, it kind of just happened to him. It's really wild. I think he was quite an unexpected channel, but a pretty amazing one. We'll be right back after a quick break. With summer in full swing, I just did a week of Saqqara last week to get me back to feeling my best. You guys know how it is. Barbecues, summer Friday drinks, the list goes on. But after doing a few days of Saqqara, I truly feel re-energized and no more bloat and just back to myself. All without having to sacrifice cutting out some of my favorite foods. Saqqara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine. On a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. Sakara gives you the tools you need to transform your life with their organic, ready-to-eat meal delivery program and functional wellness essentials. Their nutritionally designed, chef-crafted breakfasts, lunch, and dinners are made with powerful plant-rich ingredients, helping to boost your energy, support your digestion, curb your sugar cravings, and get your skin glowing. Plus, it's all delivered right to your door, ready to eat. So convenient. The summer days go by so quick, and before I know it, I have to figure out dinner. Usually, I order something not so great, but having Sakara in the fridge is not only a huge time saver, but I also know I'm keeping it clean and healthy. My favorite dinner last week was a Thai basil Buddha bowl with green curry. It was so good, so flavorful, so satisfying, and probably better than anything I'd order. Sakara's products are designed to support your wellness goals, no matter what, anytime, anywhere. And right now, Sakara is offering you guys 20% off your first order when you go to sakara.com slash friend or enter code friend at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash friend to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash friend. Now let's get back to the show. So for everyone listening right now, if you want to find out what your type is, because I know that there are over 2 billion type. Five different types, but then it goes into like a bajillion configurations. Okay. Yes. Billions of configurations, four different types. Yeah. Five. Okay. Five. 
Wow, guys, sorry. It's Honestly, some people say four, so like <laughs> you kind of felt that. I did. I connected with that. <laughs> Go to erinclairjones.com backslash look up and you'll enter your information. I think it asks for your name, birthplace, birth time, and yeah. birth date. Yes. And it will tell you what your type is. So if you want to do that now, so as we have this conversation, you can follow along, kind of know where you stand. And Aaron's going to walk me through my chart because I read it and was like, okay, I understand some of it, but I figured I'd let you take it away in terms of understanding what everyone's actually looking at right now while they look up their type. Yes. And I will just say it's not a very intuitive looking chart. You're going to look it <laughs> up. Like and one word. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> mine was like collaborative, satisfied yeah. or satisfying. I was like, what? You're like, happening? what does this mean? You actually <laughs> like, you know, I, I wish that it was a bit more accessible and we're always finding ways to make it more accessible. But you do kind of need somebody to kind of analyze because it's not a chart that is you don't get it immediately. Right. So did you find that you're a manifesting generator? I did. And I also learned through researching you more that that's actually the most common type. In combination with generators. In combination. So generators and manifesting generators are about 70% total, but about 35% each. Wow. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Because they're the doers and the ones that have like so much creative energy to make things happen. So we need a lot of them. You know what I mean? Because they're really like making amazing things happen in the world, whether it's like art, podcasts, building things, whatever. But just know that like, you know, I've sat with generators or manifesting generators or they're like, I'm not the rarest type. But like, honestly, beyond the type, it gets so specific. Like I will never have looked at somebody's design that's like exactly like yours. Right. It's impossible. Fascinating. Okay. Unless they were born. Same date, time and place. So what are the four main types? Manifesting generators, generators, projectors, reflectors and manifestors. Wow, we're going to go through all of those. Okay, but great. First, let's walk talk us about through you. the chart. Yeah. Okay. So you want to hear about your design first? Sure, let's do it. Okay, great. So I'm going to start with your manifesting generator piece. Okay. So, and again, I just want to preface this by saying, take it if it feels good. Leave it I'm if it doesn't. Attack, you guys. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so nervous. And I will just say that like, it's really fun introducing it to somebody for the first time on a podcast because you're going to get your very raw and real reaction, God. <laughs> which is great. So what it means to be a manifesting generator is that you really are designed to be such a multi-passionate creator and doer. You have so much beautiful capacity to make things happen when you're genuinely lit up and excited and on fire by what you're doing. I think that a big lesson for manifesting generators is prioritizing your own excitement in your work and in your life and seeing that not as a selfish choice, but actually as a thing that will give you so much more energy, make you so much more magnetic and kind of like help uplift everyone around you. Okay, that tracks. I would say another big lesson is boundaries because you have such (laughs) natural energy. People can really want to kind of take advantage of it. And not in a malicious way, they just sense your capacity. And so really trusting your gut to be like, what am I a full-bodied yes to? And trusting that like anything but that is a no or not yet. Yes, that's a huge, huge thing in my life. Yes. That I think unless you are an energetic person, it's hard to understand. Yeah. So if someone comes into the room and they're a bad mood, killer for me. Yeah. I'm learning right now. And but I hate that I'm like that because I wish that I could kind of just, and that's something I'm obviously working on. It's kind of building that boundary so that I am okay no matter where I am. Something I'm really practicing right now is creating a boundary for myself where I recharge alone solo time. I'm such a social person and I don't like to say no often. Mm-hmm. So I'm constantly always doing things. And I find that if I don't have those days where I'm alone or even just two hours to recharge, like having that boundary is crucial for me as like a happy person. Yes. Okay. Oh gosh, there's so much I want to say. So I'm going to come back to the manifesting generator piece in a second, but I want to just respond to what you just shared. So we all have areas in our design and these are based on the white shapes where we're the most sensitive to other people's energy. Okay. And these are areas that can be, do you see your chart? I have mine pulled up. The white shapes. You see those three white shapes? Yes. Wow. This is so crazy. So look at the, I know you're like, I don't know what that means. So the bottom right shape is white. You see that triangle facing inwards. 
So that's your emotional center. Is I apologize for no. interrupting. Is this this is it the same shape for every everybody? And then based on the color numbers, that's kind of where your design. Yes, the outline okay. is the same, but what's lit up and white and colored in will will differ. Fascinating. Okay. So basically, one of the areas where you're the most sensitive to other people is their emotions. So you're a hyper empath. Like you walk in and somebody's feeling a thing and you're like, I'm going to feel that thing at 200%. Right. It's obviously both a thing that can feel very overwhelming and also a thing that's like an incredible gift because you're so wise about like what people are feeling and so attuned to it. So I would say one of your biggest lessons, as you just shared, is like emotional boundaries and just learning that like not everything you feel is your own. I would say taking physical space when you feel emotionally overwhelmed is really necessary. I think another big lesson is emotional hygiene. You know, you can't always control who you're around, especially living in a city, but like really being around like friends and partners that like you really like you're okay to take in their stuff and not solve it, but just like really you like being around them. It really just feels good. I have never heard the phrase emotional hygiene and I'm I love it. <laughs> I love that. I've never even thought about that. Just yeah. kind of keeping a clean, yes. energetic space around you. 100%. And I'm not saying like be around people that are just purely happy. It's right. just like being around people that you're like, I'm down to go into this with you, you right. know, like, and just be in it with you. But I think that like, I would say in general, a big lesson for you is not feeling overly responsible for other people's feelings, not trying to fix them, like right. having a healthy detachment. The last piece that I would share just about that center specifically is that one of the biggest kind of shadows for you is avoiding confrontation and not fully expressing your truth, mostly because you feel so much. And so your wisdom, and you might already be in this, is just like speaking your truth, confronting, saying the hard things, like allowing and discomfort, and know that you'll almost always feel better on the other side of confrontation. Is a shadow something that I avoid? It's a, it's an area that you can like get challenged by and pulled into. Right. And so it's basically a lesson for you to work through. Interesting. Okay. How does that all track that, that center? tracks. My yeah. energetic self is really strong and constantly the thing that I have to work through. It makes me really sensitive as a person. Yes. It makes me, you know, if someone's in a room and I see someone else be, you know, maybe say something off to that person, my night, the whole night is swirling yeah. around how that person is feeling and how we can make that person feel better or something like that. I get very fixated on yeah. energies and I overthink them a lot. Yeah. So that's something I think through life I will continue to work on. Lifelong. My partner is the polar opposite. Mm -hmm. low sensitivity level, not energetically attuned. He's very kind of literal, practical. Yeah. So it's been actually for a long time, I thought it would be a tough partnership because of the fact that we're polar opposite. But it's actually been nice for me to find a center and kind of has, have someone totally opposite to kind of bring me maybe back down to earth a little bit. Totally. And yeah. just kind of like center and anchor you. Right. And I think that like that example is such a powerful one because you're going to feel so much. And so the dance, the lifelong lesson for you yes. is like, I can feel it, but like, I don't need to fix it. Right. Because my guess is that like, they might actually resolve it on their own and you're still working through it. And you're like, <laughs> why am I still with this? So let's just zoom back to the manifesting generator piece, because I think one more piece I really want to share is that like something that is so unique to manifesting generators is their multi-passionate nature. Like you aren't really meant to have this like super linear career where you're like, I figured out my one thing and I'm with this for life. Like you might find that you're quite multifaceted and always evolving and shifting and pivoting. And so like, I would just say like, Give yourself permission to like follow what feels good. And like if your energy starts to dwindle for something consistently, also giving yourself permission to let that go and kind of reinventing yourself whenever you're inspired. And you said that this type makes up 35% of the population. Yeah. That's fascinating to me because the episodes really that do the best for us are these ones about how to create career paths that are totally different, totally out of the norm, something that you almost do yourself and that's really original. Yeah. And I think that that speaks 
so truly and like speaks volumes about the time that we're in today where everybody is starting something new, innovating, being something different. Mm -hmm. I feel like I don't have a lot of friends that have followed the traditional mold. And I just find that fascinating, that correlation there that maybe we are in a time. Has that, sorry to bounce around questions here, but has that percentage always been that way? Or does that reflect current day? Yeah, I think that it's like, it's such an approximate because like who knows right now, but I think that like, it does like shift a little bit. Like there are some types like projectors and manifestors where there've definitely been more of them recently. But I would say even like when I look at my clients, like it remains around like 30 to 35, which is pretty crazy. But I will say that like, you know, every type is meant to do things differently and we're all meant to build businesses differently. Right. You know, and it's going to look innovative for each of us. Like I would say for you, it's probably going to be like always evolving and shifting and adapting. Oh, Bane of my existence. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm just like, oh, I would love to be in something that's like just consistent, always consistent, like and you have clear levels to that. Yeah. It's a fun challenge for me. Yeah. Definitely something that I appreciate in my life. Keeps me on my toes. Keeps yes. me busy. Keeps me anxious as hell. Oh, but yeah. that's interesting that it is just part of my human design to constantly kind of be exploring and totally. staying curious, which is really kind of true to who I am. And staying excited. Yeah. You know, and I would say one thing around having the right support is like one of your gifts in your design is like once you get a clear gut feeling that like something's right, you can make that thing happen so quickly and so powerfully, but you might not want to like handle every single step along the way. Right. And so your gift is efficiency and not like the step by step. And so like so important to be surrounded by people that really like handle the step by step in a way that like really frees you to kind of move fast and be in your own creative flow. You saying efficiency sent like a chill down my spine. Someone asked my best friend recently, what's Olivia's biggest pet peeve? And she just looks at the person. She like rolls her eyes backwards and she's like, inefficiency. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. It's a really weird quirk of mine and something that I actually sometimes has to like, I have to like tone it down because my days, like I need to structure my days, the way I work, the way I kind of feel. Yes. I get very kind of caught up in that. So that makes a lot of sense because I do most people would say, oh, you're an executor. We're saying I'm a manifesting. No, I'm a. No, no, you did perfectly. Manifesting manifesting generator. generator. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the other word for it. But yeah, that's something that I really is like so at the top forefront of my brain at all times. How can I make my life as efficient as possible? Yes. And one thing I would, one thing I would just, I love that. One thing I would just remind you of. It's like a psychopathic. But it's like also your gift. Like you can just see it in a way that a lot of people can't. Right. And like, you actually have another gift in your design, which is so much around like bringing efficiency to like teams and companies. And like, you just like, you can like find things that just like dramatically make things more efficient. But what I would say is that if you are working with people, I think a big lesson for you is to not expect others to kind of move as fast as you. Right. Or do as much because it can be disappointing. And it's, it's not that they're like, less confident. They just have their own gifts, which are often different. That's so interesting. I'm in the process. Well, I just hired a new assistant and I like love her so much. She is very efficient and Mm -hmm. she's very on it. And in the past, I've had moments where like I've interviewed like 20 people and like couldn't hire anyone because I felt like they weren't at the same speed or they couldn't keep up and things like that. But it's interesting to hear you say that maybe that's actually not the right mentality for me to have. It's that, okay, my speed might not be someone else. It doesn't mean that that both of those speeds together is actually the right thing. Yes, correct. Because I think that like ideally you'd have somebody that can like handle all the step-by-step stuff that allows you to move really fast. Right. You know, and that respects your systems. But I had a man. Anyone listening right now that's trying to hire who's like, this person doesn't do it as fast as me. Totally. Maybe not what you need. I had a manifesting janitor client who went through six assistants and she was like, Aaron, what's going on? I was like, I don't know what is going on. She's like, <laughs> she's like, no one can move as fast. I was like, they are not meant to. And I don't think you need that person, you know? Right. So human design is such an amazing tool to help us know how best to kind of surround ourselves by people that like actually bring things that we don't carry. We'll be right back after a quick break. 
Dog parents, listen up. When I first got Bodhi about a year ago, I had a really hard time finding the best food for him. After looking at the labels of so many very well-known dog foods, I was truly shocked. There is so much in there that I had never heard of that I actually learned was so terrible for our dogs. Plus, Bodhi has a super sensitive stomach, so we had to go that extra mile to find him the cleanest recipe that would keep him and his tummy happy. I just started using a dog food called Sundays for Dogs, and I noticed such a big difference. His energy, how excited he is when he eats, his stools, and I wanted to share for all my fellow dog parents out there. Sundays for Dogs was founded by a vet who wanted to find the best food for her dog. Dogs love Sundays because it's an air-dried jerky that tastes and feels like a treat. Lucky Bodie. It's fresh nutrition that's just as easy to feed as kibble, but it's actually healthier than kibble and easier to prepare than home-cooked dog food. We're always on the go, so I love that I don't have to carry all this kibble with me. And it's made with only whole, all-natural ingredients and zero synthetic or artificial ingredients. I love knowing that Bodie is getting truly the best of the best. Sundays is over 90% fresh meat, organs, and bones. So, of course, dogs love it. In fact, in a blind taste test against the best-selling premium dog foods, dogs preferred Sundays 20 to 0. Sunday's food is also 40% less expensive than most brands at just $2 a day. Just go to their website and you can customize your plan in just 60 seconds. You'll enter your dog's name, dietary restrictions, preferences, and they'll concoct the perfect recipe for your furry friend. I cannot wait for you guys to try it. So use my code, use code FRIEND at checkout for 35% off your first purchase, plus free shipping and a 100% money back guarantee. Visit sundaysfordogs.com backslash friend. Now let's get back to the show. So I want to talk about the other types yeah. work-wise because I feel mm-hmm. like that would be so useful for my audience, especially just hearing what you just said about my workflow. Yes. Like, I don't need someone as fast as me. My efficiency is a gift, not yes. a curse because yes. I find that it is. Can you kind of give us like top level, some really interesting insights into the other types when it comes to their professional lives? Absolutely. So we've got generators. And so some people group these together, manifesting generators and generators. They're also amazing doers. They've got amazing energy to kind of build, create, make things happen when they're lit up by what they're doing. Their gift might not be kind of like multi-passionate, efficient, but like really enjoying the step-by-step process. They bring this very masterful, steadfast kind of depth. To their energy. So manifesting generators and generators can make amazing teams. I would say in terms of your work, I would really pay attention to like what lights you up the most, like what feels the most satisfying, what feels the most exciting. If there are pieces of your work that really feel depleting, I would either let those things go or just acknowledge what they are so you can let them go when the time comes. But when you're excited about what you're doing, like your energy will ripple out and uplift everyone around you. I would say in terms of creating opportunities, this will be both for you and for generators, sorry, manifesting generators and generators is you're not really meant to chase after or force things. You're meant to wait to see what shows up in your world that lights you up. And once a thing shows up in your world, whether it's an Instagram message or a podcast or a text message or a job posting that lights you up, then you go make that thing happen. So you're meant to really kind of follow what like lights you up and what feels right and not like what you think you should do. That's so fascinating. Yes. Because I've always felt the best things have come to me that way. But yes. I'm an avid pitcher. Like I'm always pitching people for the show. Yes. I'm always yes. kind of reach out, reaching out to things. But yes, I do feel that those those kind of magical moments yeah. happen that way. And also when you're doing what lights you up and you're really excited, like you're so magnetic to those opportunities. Right. right. You know, and so I would just say for manifesting generators and generators in general, like wherever you can prioritize your excitement and joy, it could be to something totally unrelated to work. It could be like, I'm loving yoga. I love this friend, whatever it is. Like it just helps pull more and more aligned things your way. Okay. I love that. Then we've got projectors. Projectors are really here to be leaders, guides, advisors, teachers, not here to do all the doing. So part of being a projector is really learning how to honor the ebbs and flows of your energy and like kind of allowing rest and ease and space into your days. 
projectors are really naturally wise and sensitive to people and how they can use their energy best. So they make amazing CEOs, managers, therapists, coaches, healers. They often love systems like human design that can kind of help them understand people and how they work. But I would say the biggest lesson for you in your career is that your gift is not how much you can do and how hard you can work. It's how powerful you see. And so really investing your energy in places where that perspective feels really recognized. And your strategy is about actually also not chasing, but waiting to be invited in. So it's not waiting to just kind of respond to a thing, but kind of waiting for somebody to be like, I see you. I love your gifts. I want them. And then they really kind of see it very clearly. I've always been a really big believer in that. Yeah. Honing in on what it is that you love, doing it freely, passionately. Yeah. And the more that you do that and kind of bring that ethos into the world, the more that people will come to you. Totally. I've always been a big believer in that. I'm also a big believer in pitching and putting yourself out there yeah. and creating opportunities for yourself. Yeah. But I do think it's 50-50. And well, I, what I would say as a projector is that like, it's not passive. Like you're not designed to like sit on the couch because how in the world are people going to find you? Right. But it's more about making yourself visible. Right. So instead of being like, I need to work with this client, it's more like, you know what? I'm just going to share about what I do in like the broadest, most authentic way and like allow the right people to invite me in. And so it's still like creating content and making yourself visible and putting yourself out there, but in a way that kind of allows the right people to resonate with and come to you. Okay. I love that. That's then we've got one. manifestors. These are here to be the initiators, the disruptors. They're really good at getting things started. Like their gift is at the beginning, not always doing all the doing themselves. I would say when it comes to career, they often need a lot of freedom, autonomy, and control. I find manifestors thriving most in entrepreneurial settings or if they're working for a company and just given freedom where they're like, this is your domain. Do what you please. Like, let us know how it goes. Their energy is very spurty. So they might have like, you know, a couple hours, a couple days, a couple weeks where they're like, on absolute fire. And then like they've got to pull back and take rest. And so it's nice to kind of be around people that really honor that. I'd also say that manifestors have a very provocative, disruptive nature. Like I've, I've worked with so many manifestors that have come into teams and they've been a little bit confronting for their bosses because like they just inevitably want to shake everything up because it's what they do. And so I think it's important for them to be in spaces where that's really honored. And then their strategy is about initiating. They're really here to just like as soon as an urge comes up within them to just like pursue that thing, make the first move, make it happen. Last type is a reflector. Rarest type. They're 1% of the population. Wow. Yeah. Super rare. I mean, you're a reflector. I hope you feel very special. That's crazy. It is pretty wild. And like, honestly, you know, there are millions because it's 1%. But like, you know, I think that it's it's much harder to find them. These people are our collective mirrors. They're people that are deeply sensitive to their physical space and always taking in and magnifying the energy that they're around. And so you get a really good sense of how a team is doing or a company or community based on how that reflector is showing up because they just kind of like mirror it all back to us. Wow. So I would say this is important for all of us, but so important for reflectors to be such ruthless curators of the people and places they're spending time with and in because it informs their well-being so deeply. Their energy can really ebb and flow. They can have days where they feel like a manifesting generator, like a generator, like a projector, like a manifester. And in the context of business and teams, we call them evaluators because they just see and sense things that most people miss. And so I would say when it comes to work, most important is that you're really around people that kind of value your perspective and like are inviting it in it all the time. I always say the ideal job is like a CEO whisperer where you're kind of in this position right. where you kind of like move around, Smart. see things, yeah. observe. And then like your perspective is so valued because you can just see what's not working and how things can be made better. There are a few things on the chart that I have questions yeah. about. Yeah. The first one, there is something on here called not self theme frustration. What yeah. does that mean? How does frustration feel to you as a concept? Do you feel like you recognize that a lot within yourself? And then I, I'm going to answer your question. I'm just curious. I 
I actually don't think I feel frustrated often. I think I feel overwhelmed often. Mm. I don't feel like I'm like, oh, like I'm frustrated because something's not working. It's just like overcommitted maybe. Yes. I feel like I always try to find, I'm definitely solution driven. Yes. In, you know, back to the execution thing. I'm always like, okay, we're going to do this. Nothing ever really gets me like frazzled and frustrated, but I do get really overwhelmed. Yes. And that my guess is just probably saying yes to too much. Oh, always. Yes. If saying no to my best friend, she's like, dude, like it's fine. You can like not go to dinner tonight. I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's one of your biggest lessons. Again, like unless it's a full body gut response, it's like a no or not yet. Right. So every type will have a signal that reveals when they're kind of off track and also a signal that reveals when they're on track. Okay. And so for generators and manifesting generators to be on track is to feel satisfied, to kind of go to bed and you're like, I just feel delightfully spent. I love the way that I use my energy. I'm exhausted. I can't wait to sleep and I'm going to wake up so energized. I'm going to put that on my ceiling. Delightfully spent or satisfied. (laughs) The whole, everything you said is going to go as a mantra on my ceiling. I'm going to say it to myself every night before bed. It's good. It's just like when you get in, it's like, how do I feel? Because if you haven't fully used up your energy, you might feel restless, depleted. And to be off track for you is frustrated. And that basically is kind of like resentful, dissatisfied, like things Mm. are not kind of manifesting or moving in the way that you'd like. And I would say if frustration ever shows up and it could take a lot of different forms for you, it's just a sign to check in and be like, something about the way that I've said yes to this thing is not working. Right. Like it's either no longer for me or I've got to pull my energy out and kind of reframe how I show up. That makes sense. Yes. That that feels very true to me. Yes. Because it's rare. And for totally. me, I always kind of try to, obviously, as we all do, we all try to live in alignment and, yes. you know, find the most joy. And that's definitely where I live. I'm always just trying to be as positive and joyful as I can. So the frustration really happens when I'm like at my wit's end with something. Totally. Or I've just said, yes to something I did not want to say yes to. Yeah. And it basically is like such a good reminder to course correct where it's like, right. what'd you just do? And you're right. like, oh, shoot. So for projectors, it's bitterness when we're off track. And that's often like a lack of recognition or appreciation. On track is success, recognition, appreciation, feeling treasured for who you are. Manifestors to be off track is angry, often kind of disempowered, confined, constricted to be on track is peace, kind of able to do things when they want and how they want. To be off track as a reflector is disappointment, often when they're in the wrong spaces with the wrong people. And on track is surprise, when they're kind of just like surrendered to the flow of life and like open to whatever part of them wants to come out that day. Wow. Yeah. So simple, but like I've just found so useful because it's such a good reminder of like, oh, we're on track, keep going. Or like, oh, something needs to shift and like course correct. And like the way that I'm showing up could be improved here. I like that mind is satisfied. Yeah. Satisfaction. It's not like surprise. It's not like extreme yeah. emotion. It's just feeling satisfied. You're like, I've just used my energy up in ways right. that felt really good. We'll be right back after a quick break. I recently found a new skin solution I absolutely love, and I am so happy to be partnering with Apostrophe, the sponsor of this episode, to share it with you. Since we're all traveling, out and about, my breakouts have been in abundance. <laughs> It always happens as I'm traveling too. I get on a plane, whether it's from the mask or the air on the plane. And once I get to my destination, which is usually for work or vacation, there's a new friend on my face waiting to wreak havoc on all of my travel photos. So I started using Apostrophe to get my skin under control. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear acne. At Apostrophe, a board-certified dermatologist will create a personalized treatment plan that's specifically tailored to your unique skin. You'll simply fill out Apostrophe's online quiz about your skin goals and medical history, then snap a few selfies, and a board-certified dermatologist will create your customized treatment plan. Apostrophe treats all types of acne, from hormonal acne to facial acne, even chest knee, back knee, and butt knee. They treat breakouts from head to toe, and they also help with redness, texture, dark spots, and any of your skin concerns. There is nothing worse waking up with a breakout, and I love knowing that I can get instant help to make it a thousand times better. I didn't need to make an appointment, wait for availability, or sit in a waiting office. 
It was all nice to know that my treatment plan was from a real dermatologist and that my plan was tailored to me without the hassle. We have a special deal for you guys today. Save $15 off your first visit with an apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com slash Olivia when you use our code Olivia. This code is only available for our listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com backslash Olivia and click begin visit and then use our code Olivia at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash Olivia and use the code Olivia to get your dermatologist crafted treatment plan for $5. And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring the podcast. This is something I thought about earlier. What if you're someone who doesn't identify with your type? So I would say I actually don't run into it very often, which I kind of, I assume that I would, you know, I was like started, I was like, okay, I'm gonna meet a lot of people that are resistant, but like I've worked with many tens of thousands of people and I really haven't experienced it often, but I would say a couple things. One, like if it doesn't feel supportive, let it go. Right. You know, if you feel drawn to it, keep looking at the other layers. But I would also say a lot of us aren't living our designs. I know when I first discovered my design, I was living the opposite of it in every single way. So I felt very confronted because I was like, oh, I really recognize that, but I'm so not living it. So also just knowing that you could have been conditioned to be a thing that was very different than what you were. But I just think like I would just trust yourself. Like I've really had clients come and they're like, oh, this piece doesn't feel good. And then like two months later, they come back. They're like, it makes all the sense. I just like needed some time to sit with it and really observe. So I would trust yourself. And take it if it feels supportive, but also acknowledge that you perhaps haven't been living it because most of us haven't been given permission to. What's your best piece of advice for people listening right now who are just learning about this and want to utilize the tools in the workplace for themselves? I would say your job is not to like memorize your human design. There are so many pieces. (laughs) I can give you opportunities later to like dig in, but I would just say like take the one or two pieces that feel supportive and just start there. Like, and you might be so amazed at how quickly things kind of start to rearrange when you really honor those pieces. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even the two things that I'm taking from this. Yeah. Is one, the boundaries thing. Yes. I feel like especially, and I'm taking these two things work-wise. One, I say yes to a lot. I'm energetically very available to a lot. And I think that I can protect my peace a little bit more. And two, I loved the feedback, even on the assistant thing. Yeah. It's not about finding someone who matches your speed. Totally. Maybe compliments. Yes. Maybe someone who can do the slower things yes. while I'm working on the faster things. Mm-hmm. And that I, gives you space. Totally. I love that. And it's like, take two things from your design, journal about them, figure out what the best possible outcome is in your workspace. Yes. And move and maneuver from there. Because yeah. then you really are being your optimal best self in that position. And you're giving your the best part of your human design to the other people around you. Yes. Yes. And you can always come back for more. True. Because yeah. I feel like there is so much more. I feel like you could Beyond. have done. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we could have done a two-hour human design. I know. Oh, probably 10 hours. But I'm going to send you your blueprint. So you'll get a, a nice kind of book all about you. Amazing. Which is a nice way to return to it. Okay. Yeah. So for people who also want to get their blueprint, get a yeah. little bit more information, where can they find this as a resource? So if you want to dive deeper, it's at humandesignblueprint.com. It's basically a 55 plus page guide to your unique design. Wow. It's pretty crazy. There are like 400,000 possible configurations of the blueprint. I would just say that like the way that I deliver the information is like super practical. So you don't need any experience with human design. It's meant to honestly be your own manual that you can keep returning to. So discount code is friend, of course. And then I also offer sessions. I'm booking for September. So it's quite a bit now, but that's at erinclairjones.com. I have workshops there. And then I also just launched a course. If you're like, I'm obsessed and now I want to dig into human design and share it, then join me there. Is the course for people to learn how to share it back or Mm -hmm. just to dive deeper? It's both. It's like for human design enthusiasts and those who want to read other people's charts. That's amazing. Yeah. Very cool. I love that you're doing that. I know. I feel like that just opens up the conversation even deeper for people to really get involved and continue to share it. Yes. And I think the whole focus is just a practical application. Right. It's like, let's learn the information, but then like, how do we actually use it in our families and our partnerships and our jobs? Right. I love that. 
thank you so much for this. Oh my God, this my pleasure. This was really fun. I really lo- enjoy learning so much about this. Whenever I have people on the show and I have literally no idea so fun. about an entire industry or world or passion that they're interested in, it's always so much fun for me because I'm really starting from scratch, just like everyone listening. So thank you for being such an amazing guide. I feel like I've I've really learned so much about myself and just feel validated by so many things that I kind of deal with on a day-to-day. So thank you. Oh my God, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Bs. See you next week.